Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today my guest is Alistair Hare. Alistair is a five-time Pure Elite World Category title holder, CEO of Body Image Health and Fitness, a mental health advocate and a body transformation specialist. Alistair, welcome for the pod- welcome to the podcast. Hi Dave, thanks for having me. Um, so Alistair, can you tell everyone a little bit about your background, um, how you went from being addicted to substances and how you've used that kind of type A, that obsessive personality to kind of become obsessed with bettering yourself and personal development, mental health, um, and just becoming in amazing shape as well. Well, like, I suppose that, you know, there's everything comes from a, comes from a story and has a background and I've had one of the most colorful backgrounds. I think there, there is, um, at present I'm 39 years old. And as you said, you know, um, I've some world titles. I own a chain of gyms down in West Cork called Body Image Health and Fitness and cut a couple other bits and pieces that I'm involved in as well. Um, but it wasn't always that rosy and it, you know, the, um, I suppose it all kind of went wrong in my, in my teens, uh, when I got kicked out of school and decided that I was going to go working, and um, I ended up, uh, I ended up, you know, getting getting involved in drugs from a young age, I suppose, from the age of kind of 15, 16, um, and that kind of took over to my late teens then, and eventually um, got treatment for that, and kind of hermitized myself for a couple of years. And then when I decided to come back out again, I suffered a lot of social anxiety and stuff like that. And um, trying to get, you know, just trying to get over that, I ended up using alcohol then as a crutch because I'd go out and, you know, if I was going out, I'd, you know, I, I know I'd have to, I'd have to be drunk to go into a place or I'd have to have a drink on me to go in somewhere. And um, that kind of triggered that side of things. So unfortunately, because alcohol is legal and it's socially acceptable you know i was able to i was able to um to do that as opposed to the you know the the, the drug addiction that i suffered um so this 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 carried on most of the way through my 20s and it was i think it was i was 20 I was 28 when i just had this light bulb moment i'd been i'd been drinking for a couple of weeks straight and I just I was in in a in a pub and uh, it was first thing in the morning I was the only person in there and I was having a having a cure and I just had this kind of light bulb moment where I went what in the name of God am I doing with my life sitting here um at the age that I was and at the time I had two young children as well and I was like this is really not you know this is really not the path you want to be going down setting an example for your kids and so on so I set about making changes and um, I stopped I I left the point where it was and I just went home and um, that was on a Sunday Sunday morning and I knew that the local gym, it was based out in the, the rugby club. And I, I knew the, the the rugby club would train on Tuesdays. And I said, right, I'll go out now and see about training and um, take it from there. So I went out there and I met with the coaching staff. And I said, look, it's a senior team that's training tonight. Why don't you come back on Friday when the, the second or the third team is training? And I said, OK. Um, and I was I kind of felt deflated. I said, well, I need to do something. Um, and there was a gym there in the in the rugby club. It's actually leased out to somebody else. And I went into the gym, joined and became friends with the became friends with great friends with the guy that owned it. And um, he had a background in bodybuilding. And he's uh, he was English. He'd come over here and uh, he'd competed when he was in England before. So one thing kind of led to another. 
I got, you know, the, again, the addictive personality in me uh, kicked in and I, I became very addicted to, to, to the gym and to how I was able to change my body and, and so on and um, ended up competing um in bodybuilding when i was i'd been in the gym two years i think once i competed and um i did that for um a year or two in bodybuilding and then i kind of took a break from it for a bit and i went back um a, a friend of mine asked me did i want to um would i ever consider fitness modeling and this was uh, about four years ago so I said, um, yeah, okay, yeah, because the the whole fitness model thing. The one thing about the bodybuilding aspect of it was I was never big enough, and I was always struggling with a you know a super fast metabolism, typical ectomorph, really, really, really scrawny, struggle to put on size. So with the bodybuilding side of things, like I always kind of I always felt I looked lost, whereas the fitness modeling just seemed to be a better fit for me because it was people that look similar um, body composition to me and so on and so forth. So um got ready for my first show, which was the Miami Pro, a term pro in that show. And I went on then and I competed with Pure Elite after that and I turned pro in their federation and I stayed competing with them then um for a few years and the last um the last one was November just gone. And um, yeah, so scooped up two more uh, titles this year, so three the year before. Um, but this year, no, I think I'm going to take a break from it for a bit because I've had four pretty full-on years of of um, of hard dieting and hard, you know, everything being very regimental. And and I think I just need um, I just need a bit of a break from it. But yeah, it's a long a long old road to travel, going from the age of kind of 15 to taking drugs to getting you know, drunk in your 20s to, you know, almost being almost being 40 and, um, you know, standing on stage and stuff. So it's been a it's been a long old journey. And with that, um, just a couple of points to pick out. You brought up that um, alcohol is just like a legal drug. Where where do you think that stands along, let's say, like things like marijuana that are completely illegal? How bad do you think alcohol is, especially because it's, as you said, socially acceptable to be using that? How do you think that's affecting people? nowadays especially like people in college age up to their 20s like the the realistic thing about it is dave that you know any external substance whether it be alcohol whether it be marijuana whether it be even a class a drug um it's going to have a negative impact on your body you know whether you abuse it or not but the problem is um, you know, some people would say, look, you know, well, I have a glass of wine with my dinner and I'm fine and I don't have a problem with it. And, and that's OK. And I totally get that. But there's if you if you actually did a like there's a guy that I, I follow in, in America, a brain doctor, neurologist, and he put up a 3D brain scan of um, somebody who didn't drink and somebody who did drink um two glasses uh, of 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 wine a, a week or something like that and there's a visible difference in in the um in the brain but like it's like anything if it's abused if a substance is abused it's going to it's going to have a, a negative detrimental effect because obviously it's taking you away from who you actually are um and it's taking you out of that 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 sober state so like desire i mean like you could you could sit here and argue all day the you know the pros and cons of 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 each of them but the the fact of the matter is that every substance whether it be like i said whether it be alcohol whether it be marijuana or whether it be class a 
you know, there's there's more bad to be said than good about it, I feel. You know, there's lots of domestic violence surrounding alcohol, same with same with the drug culture. You know, one one is legal and one isn't, but it's 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 how far people take the substance and how much they abuse it is um has a, a huge factor on um, you know, what's gonna be the outcome from it. Yeah, I completely agree. It comes down to having the self-awareness to know if you're the kind of person who can have something like that in moderation, or as you said, having a kind of obsessive personality, which can be used for good or bad, as, as you've demonstrated. Totally, yeah. Um, just coming back to, you were saying about competing and how it was tough, like, you know, being that regimented, um, and I know that you're big on mental health. How do you find kind of keeping your mental health well while doing a sport that has a lot to do with how you look and kind of not putting your self-worth in kind of the judgment you get from the judges in a competition like that? Great question. Um, it's like, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, mentally, uh, this I, I, I'm probably going to go off on one here, but I, 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 I think right. it'll, give, it'll give value. So mentally, I always thought I I didn't know something was wrong with me, but I just felt that why can't why can't I be as happy as other people? And I this has been an age old story with me. And it's only in the last couple of years that, you know, people have started to speak out about mental health and you start to hear stories and so on that you go, you know, maybe, maybe I suffer. And in fact I do. And I can't remember and this is honestly hand on heart, I can't remember the last full day that I can put my hand on my heart and say I was happy today. There's always something, whether it be some form of anxiety or some form of, you know, guilt or some form of something that, that drags me down on a daily basis. But I learned to deal with it and, you know, I continue to work on personal development and so on and so forth. And what you touched on there, um, Dave, which is which is is huge is you know when you're in a sport that's 100% subjective um just because you and your family think that you look in good shape and you, you know you go to a competition you might not even place and that has an extreme that can have an extremely detrimental effect on on your mental state and your your self-worth um and believe it or not I've never it's I've never looked at myself after I've come back from a show and and, and you know and, and got where I haven't placed will say or I've come fourth or fifth or something like that and I I I haven't gone to myself well I thought I was I thought I was way better than that you know why didn't I do this and then I start to question myself it's the one area that I never have however in saying that I've worked with countless people that have developed eating disorders from competing um especially females it's like the the one thing about i suppose the male body and the 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 structure hormones that we have um the female body is so much more complex and what i see is that you know if, if the female body is designed and um, you know for pregnancy and it's designed to carry extra body fat for protection while being pregnant and so on and so forth so when when lady competitors go and go to the extremities of of trying to get into single figures of body um, body fat it has a huge effect on their their hormones um and can cause serious psychological issues on on the back end of it now in saying that 
like I, I've said, I, I have I have met people that have um, eating disorders from competing um, because they're so restricted and so restricted that when they're allowed to then eat, they absolutely binge. Whereas before, they probably never even did that. But when you when you think something gets taken away from you, you want it even more. And I suppose it's that then boils down to the person's actual personality uh, type of of you know how they're able to deal in that situation. Um, it's strange, like it's something that I've never I never suffered with the the battles of of the of that side of it but there's like i know one guy in particular that has done one show and he developed an eating disorder and it took him 12 months to get over it um like he rebounded very badly um he, then he was you know kind of secret eating um and pretending to the ones around him that he was still on plan and all of this and it's it's a it's a very very dark side to the sport that anyone that's getting into it would want to be very self-aware and understand that look you know it's it, it can it can it can have um, extreme effects you know yeah but that's it all comes back i guess to you have the self-awareness to know that you don't have that issue and that's definitely something that stopped me um going into competitions like that um or ever even considering it for now anyways um because mm. i know i would be that type of person um something but also, also with that dave as well just to, to touch on it some people hate losing you know and because like we we live in a society where everybody has to win all the time you know everybody has to you know no one is told you just weren't fucking good enough and i've lost all my life so i'm used to setbacks and i'm used to getting knocked down but like i just keep getting back up again and i, I suppose that's why i came along and um like those tight those world titles didn't come the first day out you know i mean they there was a there was a you know procedure i had to go through being amateur then pro then not placing in pro to placing to eventually winning then going on to the world championships and eventually winning there so it's about lots of knockbacks on the way and I, I guess the reason why the reason why I can take it so well is because I like getting told no because it just makes me work that bit harder. So again, it's self awareness. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear you bring that up because it's something I'd love to get your opinion on, and that is like the whole um, giving out participation particip- participation medals and the um, kind of snowflake generation that people talk about. What is, what is kind of your view on that? Do you think it's making for a less kind of a more entitled population yeah 100 percent. if fucking we're soft we're the softest we've ever been because everything has been made so easy you know people like people give out about your age group dave you know yes. but like your age group were parented by the people that give out and they're the ones that created the entitlement you know as as i, as I said to you earlier on you're you're making something of yourself at 20 you're on your own two feet you're you're really putting yourself out there you're going no i'm going doing this for myself there's plenty more like you sitting at home being you know not getting up till 12 o'clock in the day their parents bringing them their breakfast in bed you know and they're just treated with this overwhelming sense of uh, of, of entitlement because they've been given everything they've never had to work or or been made fend for themselves so like the the culture is soft but it's not the millennial generation's fault it's the people that parented them you know like you're there like without even knowing any of your background you're on your own two feet at the moment like that's that's because of the way you were brought up there's no two ways about it you know 
and my stubbornness to listen to anyone, I guess, <laughs> probably comes into it. Um, something else you said as well, um, never having a like 100% happy day. And that's definitely something that I've put myself down about and nearly felt guilty that I'd be having a great day and the next thing something would come up and I'd start feeling terrible, like, oh, everything is going well, yet for some reason I'm not 100% happy today. Mm. And I think that's something a lot of people struggle with but don't talk about. Um, and the fact that it's okay not to have 100% good, but as long as you're having more good than bad. What kind of, what, what's your opinion on that? And people, like a lot of people trying to pretend to the outside world that they're 100% happy all the time. There's there's multiple ways of looking at it, because I've questioned myself going, why, you know, why don't I speak more about this? Um, and and but, but why is it happening? And why, what, how can, you know, how can I deal with it a bit better or even understand it? And I think the for me, like I don't, I, I always, I'm a giver, you know, I mean, like I love helping, you know, I love if, if I can help someone or do something for someone, I like being that person that gives and I'm never really fussed about getting myself, you know, I'm just not, I, it's just the way I am. So for me, not having a hundred percent day, I don't really want to tell anyone about it because I feel like oh, I'm complaining and people go, yeah, but you have this and you've achieved that and you've done that. And so I almost feel guilty for 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 feeling sad because somebody else has it a hundred times worse and i totally get that but it still doesn't change the emotion and the chemi- and the chemistry that's going on in my head to for, for me to say i understand that people have there's somebody out there and you know hundreds of thousands or whatever have have it way worse than i do but like i you know I, i'd like to be able to say i'm still a bit sad you know, um, and I think I, I really think that that it needs to be spoken about more. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that wearing things like that as in putting putting it on your chest and saying, look, this is how I feel. Um, yes, I understand that there's, there's there's so many worse out there. But look, I just want to be honest and true. This is how I feel. I think that might go a long way to, towards it. To be honest with you, Dave, that that's the first time I've ever said that out loud to anyone um, in saying that to you. So. Who knows? Might start a new movement with it. Yeah, it's definitely something that helps me because it's something even on a day to day that comes up. And don't get me wrong, I'm a pretty happy person. Yeah. Um, but just you know, you start to wonder. You start to think there's people who have it worse than me, as you said, and yet I'm not 100% happy. Yeah. It's nearly like the people with hardships when they have a reason to be unhappy, they don't think of it as something wrong with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, I'm poor, or I don't have food, or whatever. I have a reason to be unhappy. Whereas we have everything. We have clothes we have a house a roof over our head we have food water and then when you feel down you start to feel like is this my fault um which is kind of the problem with it so it's, it's great that you talk about that yeah it's uh i think it's something that i think it's something that more people just need to like we we need to fuck it we need to open up you know um like my age you know rural ireland my age i mean I, like i said i'm 39 you know the nobody when i was growing up when i was your age like nobody was you know talking about mental health or talking about you know are you okay there was there was none of that you know so the scale that it's that it's hit at the moment um with with people speaking and you know just saying putting it out there i think is fantastic i did uh actually did a skydive with two kids um two guys last year they were teenagers and they came to me wanting to to know would I would I help them promote their their skydive. So one was uh, 17 and the other one was 18, and they wanted to raise money for a youth suicide prevention centre here in Ireland. So I said that's amazing, and I was so taken aback and blown away that at that age they were quite happy to put it on social 
that, you know, they had suicidal tendencies and it was okay at that age to talk about it and especially being a guy. So I, I, I was really, I was really taken aback by it. So I said, look, I have a massive phobia of heights, you know, even standing up on a box jump or going up a couple of steps of a ladder, I get, you know, I, I feel a bit weird. So I said, look, I'll, I'll definitely help you promote it, but I'll also do the jump with you. Um, and we did it last uh, last Easter Sunday. So free fall from 13,000 feet. Um, we raised two and a half thousand for the charity and it was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, but I think the thing to be taken away from that was the most amazing thing was that a 17 and 18 year old guy put it out there that, you know, it's OK to it's OK to talk and help each other, you know, 100 percent. That's definitely something on my bucket list too, is to to get a, a free dive done. Yeah. Um, how did you find um, starting a fitness page or like getting into the fitness industry? You know, coming from your background and being in rural Ireland, what was kind of the reaction of people being like, "Oh, this is this isn't something you should do. You're from a rural area in Ireland. Um, this isn't your background." Or was everyone kind of supportive? What was the reaction like at the beginning? Good question, because I can give you some good context in this as well. So you're right, because it, in it, you didn't know this, but my background wasn't always fitness. Uh, my background was the motor trade. So, I mean, like I um, grew up in the motor trade. So anyone that would have known me locally would know me from being in the motor trade. Now, people would have seen the development side of me and, the you know, how I'd grown from, you know, being this guy that was out every weekend to now being somebody that goes to the gym and so on and so forth. So people were people were aware that I was into fitness um, and it came. Um, I lost my job in the motor trade and I was working the the gym in the in the rugby club where I was. I was working part time there because I had um, along my along my journey. I had I I'd gone and done a course um, to get qualified and things like that because I was you know interested in interested in learning as much as I could and so on and so forth. So I was working part time there and I was also working in a in a call center and. I'd open the gym in the morning, which was, uh, I'd open it at six, I'd work until nine, and then the call center I was working in was directly across the road from it. So I went over to the call center, and I was there until um, 5 p.m. And I I was there for about six months, and the weather started in January, and the weather started to get good in the end of May, and I said, right, no, I'm out of here, I need to do something. And I was there going, what are we going to do, you know, will I just go at fitness full-time? Um, and I suppose I was there going, yeah, like that, you know, are people going to laugh at me are they going to say this are they going to say that and I said you know what just go for it I put up a before and after of a friend of mine this that you know I'd worked with and um started a Facebook page that evening put up that post shared it on my own Facebook and uh, it kind of it just it just kind of took off it it started with um it's it started with one or two clients a week and it just kind of tipped away like that and you know i just made sure that every day every single day i was posting on social media i was trying to put out content um with value in it so people would understand stuff you know if i you know stuff on even food labels or going through you know different things i'd always try and put out something that people would people would get some value from um and it took off from there but like i didn't have once i'd started i didn't have any negative feedback i think the worst thing you can do in a situation like that is talk yourself out of it and go look you know i i don't i don't think i can do this because should they're down the road there they're gonna say this because you know this that or the other i mean like that's the greatest 
crippling thing we have in society is you know basing our actions on other people's opinions um you know we don't like you know we don't even like these people anyway yeah. so why are we paying any notice to their opinion of us and it's all it'll ever do is hold you back in life so um i was lucky i suppose because i'd been through so much i really didn't care what people thought about me um I never really what I never really valued other people's opinions because I'd been spoken about so much previously anyway. Um so it was it was um it wasn't a major issue for me. But the one piece of advice that I would give anyone, whether you're starting a fitness business or you're starting uh, you know, anything, like it, it can be whatever you want and you're you're worrying and saying, Oh, I don't know, like will this work? Like, what's the worst that can happen? It'll either work or it won't, you know? And That's if it doesn't it. work, you just move on and try something else, you know? Yeah, and just to add to that point, like, um, if you don't go after what you want to do, like, someone else someone else will. If you're worried about what other people think, like, you have to realize you only have one life. You won't get yeah. a chance to do this again. What do you have to lose? It might not work out. You end up back where you were. It's not like you're going to go down a peg. You're going to end up back in the same position you were with the knowledge that it wasn't what you wanted to do and it didn't work out. Exactly. And that's like I said to you, you know, I've, you know, my background, motor trade and then getting into fitness. But like this, I've lost a lot along the way as well, you know, so I'm used to losing. And I think losing is fantastic because like with failure, you get feedback with winning. You don't get any feedback. You've won. You can't get any more, you yeah. know. So like losing is losing is so is so good. Um, my son is on. um yeah, plays rugby and one of the we played a game there recently and um in the in the dressing room afterwards like it was the whole team was had the flu everybody was sick uh, but everybody you know came and played for the day and you know they got beaten but they went they they fought with their heart you know and the 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 key thing as i said to take away from it is you know to to just just give it you know give it your give it your all and um you know using that using that that uh, feedback uh, from the failure of knowing that it was probably the best game that you ever lost because yeah. you've you grabbed so much from it and you realize how much everybody on the team values the team itself do you get me so yeah. like the win like if they went out and won that game even though they were all sick i don't think they would have got as much back from it you know 100 percent. um just on this as well it's a bit similar to the last point you made, but um, let's say for anyone who is struggling to get themselves into the gym, like someone who's never been to the gym before, wants to make a positive change in their life, but just isn't sure where to start or kind of making excuses not to get started, what would be your piece of advice for them? There, like, you know, there's so many people out there that that really want, you know, want to start. Um, and I'm sure that if they did start, you know, they would absolutely excel at it. Um, but what I would suggest is, please, because I see it at scale, is do your homework on who you want to invest your your time and your money in. Um, you know, one of the key things that I see in, in the gyms when I'm talking to people is, you know, I have somebody to contact me and say, look, you know, I'd like to do personal training. I say, OK, well, look, come speak to me first. I'll have a chat with you and uh, we'll have a consultation 
and I'll see then, you know, where we go from the personal training um, aspect of it because yeah, I, I'll, you know, put them with whatever trainer. But the beauty about that is, is I, I get to meet the person. I get to go, you're one to one with them. Um, but you get to, you, you get to hear where they're coming from. Have they had bad experiences? More often than not, it's yes. You know, uh, they've, they've been into a gym. They didn't know what they were doing. They're asked for help. Somebody laughed at them. You know, all these kind of horrible things that leaves a complete negative emotion attached to fitness. And they're, unfortunately, that stops people. Um, that stops people from, you know, potentially reaching out to the right person and changing their perception on it. And there's, just unfortunately, there's, there's so many um places people businesses whatever you want to call it in the industry that are in it for the wrong reasons i mean like we you know it's it's it, it, i mean it's a, a long-standing thing i suppose about you know the first of january and all the gym memberships that are sold and all that but i turn away money in the start of the years because people say look i want to buy three months off you and they've never trained in a gym before and i won't take it i'll say look do a couple of personal training sessions. If you've never been in the gym before, you're going to need them to be shown the correct technique. See if it's for you. If you like it, I'll do you a deal on a month. Then, you know, see how that goes. And if you're happy, I'll then sell you three months. But I hate it. You know, people turn like fitness is a very, very. It's, you're dealing with people who are extremely vulnerable and they're placing their their body in your hands, essentially, for you to give them hopefully what they're looking for and too many people take advantage of that situation and uh, it's just really really unfortunate yeah and that was literally the next point I was going to come on to was um, I heard you talking about letting people take a membership for a month and telling them not to go for the three months and invest in it and then giving them a negative kind of letting them think negatively about the gym because if that didn't work out they're like oh I just lost three months um, yeah. so it's great that you actually care and you're trying to trying to help people as much as you can and not just work on your business. And as you said, that'll um, indirectly come back to you in the long run. Even that's not why you're doing it, but it will, you know. Right like the thing, it. the thing about it is, I, I suppose, like in my kind of journey of wondering what I, you know, who I am and where I'm going and what I'm doing. One of the things that I, that I do know is that I love, like as as I said, I'm a giver. You know, I just love helping people. And if it's something like if it's something to do with a car, I love to be able to help in that way. If it's you know to do with fitness or to do with this, that's why you know that's that's what I I really really like. But the I just I have a, a huge sense of empathy and compassion for the vul sheer or not of vulnerability of a person coming into the gym because it's. It's just, you know, they're they're totally outside their comfort zone. You only have one body and you're you're just very edgy. You're very, uh, uh, you know, on these. And it's, um, you know, it's 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 it can be so daunting for people. So that's why it's super important to, to make sure that you do your homework and, uh, and, and you know, on the person that you're going to work with. 100 um, percent. Something as well that I was going to say to you is just, let's say, for me, something I, quite, I ask nearly every guest that comes on is, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self? I was I, thinking about this, and like when I think back to when I was 20, I really, and this is why I have huge admiration for you, 
I really do because to at, at 20 like most guys don't mature until they're in their late 20s or even 30s I think you know girls seem to mature a lot earlier um like at 20 I was just a loose cannon you know um but again like you know I was I was let a lot to my own devices in in uh, in my teenage years and I wasn't disciplined as much as I should have been as a child and you know that led to my downfall as well um but the one piece of advice that I that I would give myself if I could go back in time is stop and take a look around you and see what you're doing because I I can remember somebody saying to me once before everywhere you go you leave a trail of destruction I would say, what the fuck is this person all about? And I didn't get it. I didn't get it until only a couple of years ago because, you know, I wasn't putting other people's feelings first. You know, I was literally going out to please myself. And I think making sure that you take other people and other people's feelings into consideration um, will 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 lead you to have a much happier, more fulfilled life. Um, because to be honest with you, like my twenties were, I suppose the the emotional way to put it was empty because I just didn't, I didn't care, you know. Um, and I I I, I I'm 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 a bit, I'm regretful about that, but I'm I'm grateful now that you know I'm trying to um trying to better that and 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 giving back as much as I can. Yeah. And it kind of brought you to where you are now as well, without the without totally the high. Exactly, and I mean, like that's what I'm talking about: all the failure, and and you know, uh, you, you eventually get something from it. You know, it'll lead you to it'll lead you to the next thing, lead you to the next thing, and so on. And you know, if you had said to me when I was 20 that I was going to be in the fitness industry and I was going to do this and do that, I mean, like there's. I bear no resemblance to that. I mean, I was that was complete polar opposite, and it's just bizarre how life unfolds and changes and and things that you make and people you meet um, and situations that arise just lead you on to the um, lead you on to the next thing, you know. But that's that's the thing as well. It was a lot like I find people say, "Well, when I was your age, I wasn't as mature as you." But I think when you when people when a lot of people like even when yourself when you were my age you didn't have the amount of kind of mentors and the amount of role models to look up to through social media like the people i follow like yourself like brian like people like that that i can learn from and we're very lucky that we have that and it helps me learn a lot quicker um that's a very very valid point and and it's quite true i mean like i you know i'm pre-internet so i know what it's like to live without um social and know what it's like like to live without any internet at all you know i can remember having dial up in the in the late 90s and you know you, you'd have to run a telephone cable from the bedroom up to the uh, telephone socket and uh, spend i'm not joking you could spend two hours on dial up trying to get a connection and then you'd get on and yahoo would pop up and you'd be there okay what do i do what do i do next um and it was it's just amazing that and I suppose, like it, you're, it, you're seeing it through your eyes now. I mean, there's so much good being put out there that if uh, if you latch on to the right people, you're just going to grow and excel. But unfortunately, the the industry is flooded as well with misconceptions, bad advice, chancers, you know, fame hungry people, so on and so forth. Um, but given given the right guidance and literally. You know, it's it's in your hands. 
you know i mean like i don't think people we underestimate how powerful having the internet in our hand is like we literally there is no i can remember having an argument with my mother over the answer of a question and this argument could go on for days whereas now you just google it you know and and there is no more arguments over silly things like that anymore um but but having all those tools to your disposal now is um it's frightening you know it's it's one of those things it depends on on how you use it um, something exactly. else as well, just because my audience, a lot of them will be my age, a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, um, but with alcohol, and it's something I heard you speak about before, um, How? what is your opinion on or how would you advise someone to use it in moderation if they were going to do so? Because I know with my own audience, a lot of them are in uni, in college, um, in school, and they're definitely not going to go cold turkey with it or stay away from yeah. it. And I wouldn't advise anyone to, but um, what yeah, look- can you give there? That's, I mean, uh, and that's that's totally fine. I mean, the and I get that, and, and and that's fine. But the reason I suppose for me is knowing that I have an addictive personality, and if if you know that you're okay in that regard, like everything's fine in moderation. If you like, look, you like as you said a while ago, you you know you were only get one crack off this life. Um, it's important to socialize. It's important to meet people. And, um, and, you know, you're going to be going through times of house parties and, you know, nights out and, you know, all the rest of it. And that's absolutely fine. But just remember to, just remember not to, I suppose, abuse the situation you're put into, you know, um, and at the forefront of everything, just make sure that i mean like i've there's good friends of mine that have that have went to college you know said to their parents they went to college and have just stayed at home getting getting baked all day you know just smoking their whole way through their the you know their college life and stuff like that so just be be open and honest Are you, do you really want to be in college you know if you if you do then make your make sure that your education is the, at the forefront of it like definitely go out and enjoy yourself you know everything in moderation is fine I mean, everybody you know the, the the tuesdays and thursday nights and all that i mean that's quite normal but you know if you're in college just remember don't lose track of your goals just because of the, just because of, of this new found sense of freedom where you can go out and you can go drink and you can go back to those parties and you're, random, you're hooking up with randomers and stuff like that. That's all cool and it's all a part of it. But don't lose sight of the the key reason why you're in that situation in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, some great points there with um, with something as well. We were talking about is social media. Um, who do you follow on social media? Because I know um, you're big on the people that you surround yourself with. Um, you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with. And that can include people that you follow on social media or through podcasts. Who do you follow or whose who's content do you consume the most of? So I'm, yeah, I, I'm so bad. I don't follow anybody. I had a bit of a social media detox um, about two years ago where I was following about, I don't know, eight or 900, maybe a thousand people or something like that. And like, I was seeing content coming up, like somebody would follow me, I'd know them and I'd follow them back, you know, that kind of way. And I would see their content coming up and it might be a night out and they might be drinking or it might be whatever. And I was there going, I don't need to see that. Like, so I went, I went one day and I just had a complete clear out. And a lot of people got up, you know, really upset about it going, Oh, you unfollowed me. But I don't need like you're a nice person, but I don't need to see you at three in the morning locked, you know. Um, so I decided from there on that my social media, I decided that social media should be used. And I, I, I I'll frame this for all the, the audience as well, um, because it's something that I speak on when I go to schools as well. 
if you're scrolling down through your social media feed and you start shaking your head at a post that someone you're following has put up going, what a fucking idiot. Why did they post that? You know, what are they doing? Like, that's not their fault. That's your fault for following them. You know, somebody out there somewhere is going to like that post. You mightn't. But you need to ask yourself the question, like, well, why am I following that person in the in the first place? So I started, you know, looking at all my followers in, in that way and the, or the people that I was following in that way and going, is this adding value to my life? Or is it or is it just doing nothing? I said, you know what? Only the people I'm really closest to I'll follow. And then other stuff then will be like either stuff to do with uh, nutrition or fitness. Um, not really fit, not fitness people. Um, I, a, a lot of boats and car stuff, you know, stuff that's kind of close to my heart and stuff like that. Um, but as regards content that I listen to a lot of, um, uh, Brian, I you know a massively uh, huge admiration for Brian. Um, Chris Spearman is one of my best friends. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, I love his stuff. Um, and Tony Robbins uh, would be would be probably the Gar- Gary Vaynerchuk and and Tony Robbins are the two main ones that I would uh, listen to regularly. And that that comes back to the point we made earlier about if you had had this kind of social media back in back when you were my age and you could have followed people like that you might have you might have learned a lot a lot quicker but then obviously you could follow the wrong people as you were saying as well and could have put you in the other direction so it does totally use it and like the thing is for for your audience um you know that there's like it's it's so easy to follow the wrong accounts you know and what i mean by that is you know the fitness influencers that have literally nothing to their name only a few followers and they're giving advice or you know telling you this telling you that and don't have don't have the knowledge um or the qualification to to back up what they're saying and it's that's one of the things that i really feel that unfortunately in in ireland there's no regulation around um around people on social media and about putting out content to do with to do with what you should eat what you should train what you should you know do this do that and then obviously then you're going down the road of you know people photoshopping their pictures which can lead to insecurity then for the for the people for the consumer watching it um and this this is one of the things that when i go to schools i speak about as well is auditing your your social media content if you're a guy or a girl and you're looking at either a guy or a girl and you're going, oh, I wish I looked like that. Or, you know, why can't I have a flat stomach like that? And why, you know, why aren't my abs like that? Or whatever the case is, like the, the, the these people in the pictures, they're human beings, just like you and I. They have fat days. They have, you know, days they feel down. Um, and more often than not, you know, that picture is heavily edited. It could be photoshopped, you know. And if it, if something really looks too good to be true, it probably is, you know. Um, they're just human beings, just like the rest of us, you know. Yeah, I mean, like you, you, lighting and all the rest of it, good lighting. But um, that's one of the things that I would I would suggest to any younger people is just really don't buy into, you know, how amazing somebody looks online because the reality of it is I've seen a lot of these people in person and they bear no resemblance to their pictures after time. That's it. We give a lot too much um, credential to people with um, a blue tick than we do to people who actually have a degree or actually yeah. have have the knowledge and know what they're doing because it's just it's a fast that blue tick work. that blue tick holds more weight you're dead right and that's a great way of putting it that blue tick holds more weight with with 
some people than it would do by having a, a, a bachelor's degree, yeah. which is crazy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, one last question I want to ask you is books. Do you read them and what would you recommend? What are you currently reading? Okay, so again, this is back to self-awareness, right? So as a child... I as a as a as a proper child, I you know my mum used to read me a, a story before going to bed, and I can all you know I can still even remember some of those stories. But when I was to read myself, I was never diagnosed with anything. But every time I'd start to read, I'd get so far, and then I'd be daydreaming, and I'd be gone off somewhere else, and I'd be like, "Fuck, I finished the page, and I can't even recall what was written on it," and I'd have to reread the page again. And reading was more of a hassle for me. So when I found Audible um, and I could listen, I mean, if I'm, a, I'm great listening, I'm great with with visuals as well. And consume, so that's how I consume now all my content is through audio or visual, um, like paper books. I probably own about six of them, you know, um, because I just, I suppose, like I spend a lot of time on the road as well. Or if I'm training or if I'm doing whatever and I'd have have my headphones in, I can listen to the content as opposed to having to sit down and, and physically read it. Um, so uh, books wise, I think one of the best books for if you're talking if you're talking life economics. Right. And, you know, how the new the new way of thinking should be is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert um, Kiyosaki. And it's um, if you ever read it, Dave. No, it's on my my whiteboard here. I have a list of books I need to get through this year, and that's one of them. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a very it's a very good, interesting read into basically how we buy into the framework of you 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 grow up, you go to college, uh, get a good job, find someone, um, buy a house, get married, have kids, and you know work nine to five until whatever put your kids through college and then die so it's it's that versus how do you make money work for you because it's really not taught um still to this day how how to how to manage money properly in in real life just isn't taught in the schooling system so it's about how the rich get richer um and how they use money to work for them instead of working for money. So it's a, it's a, it, it's it's really really good. It is eye opening. Um, it, he's got some follow on books to that as well. Um, but that's really that's really the 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 cherry on the top. Um, uh, Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins, fantastic. There's some absolute crackers of 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 stories and absolute crackers of 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 different things inside there that you know and start to make sense of so many situations so a huge value to be got out of that one um that is better in paper form than audible and uh, the audible one is very short for some reason there there seems to be i don't know is there i couldn't find a second version of it on on audible but um the i've seen the paper version and it's um it's a lot bigger but there's great content in there um the um it, uh, atomic habits as well as another one that's I've very that very one. good uh, have you yeah yeah, I've got yeah. That one. the um, paradox is, is is next that's that's what's coming next for me perfect um one thing i want to pull out as well on like the rich said poor dad which you were talking about even with me you're saying like from your side that you think i'm quite mature or whatever that i've come over here on my yeah. own two feet and when in school when i used to say to like my guidance teacher or whatever that i wanted to 
go to be a personal trainer and not go the relative like college route like yeah. everyone else. It was so frowned upon. I was of called course. an idiot, called stupid, everything. Yeah. So it is. It it's weird when you have books like that to actually tell you opposite. It's it's great to have that at your disposal. At your disposal, and coming back to a time before the internet, you wouldn't have been able to have people to look up to like yourself or like Brian to see how they went the alternative route and done well for themselves. Um. So listening to like your teachers and the people around you who were the only role models you had when they're telling you what to do, that could definitely cause people to go that. Well, the thing is, like, they're basing it on framework that was somewhat correct in the 50s, you know, yeah, exactly. when when the protocol was put in place. And, like, life is shit. Like, there's, you know, I love the saying, there's no gatekeepers anymore because, you know, the internet at the scale it is, you can start a podcast for free. You can open a Shopify account for free. You know, before, like, the, to try and get on radio or get your voice out there, um, you know, you meant you had to have connections. If you wanted to sell something, you had to rent a shop, lease the place. How do you get people and footfall to go there? No, everything is at your disposal, you know, like you said. And, you know, buying in stuff from China, and whether it's sunglasses you're buying in from China or flip-flops or whatever the case is, you can do it and the cost of entry is zero. But what happens is the the framework that's that's there in the educational system just needs a whole new reworking because it's it's failing people and what's happening is it's making people go down a road that potentially is taking a disservice from them they they may be a purebred entrepreneur but they're told no you got to be a fucking doctor you got to be a teacher you got to be a solicitor you got to be this and you know it's I, I i really think yes we need we need all those as well but you need to there needs to be more advice put around going yeah you you're you're so young you can fucking get it wrong for six years and still be young as fuck like i'm twice your age dave you know and like the thing is like you're going to live fucking another 80 years there's so many different you're going to live so many different lives and you know the the fact now that you're you're in so early on something that you're passionate about and you're really doubling down on it and and driving on with it i mean that's that's success in itself do you know thanks very much for for all the kind words i'm conscious of your time alistair and thank you so much for doing this again um can you tell everyone where to find you your i think you have a podcast your instagram um facebook whichever whichever is the best place to find you no problem um delighted to be on and thank you for having me um okay so instagram at alistair underscore heart um tiktok is the same tiktok is tiktok is go is is the new platform to be on um mark my words it's the next instagram so anybody that's looking to to put out content on there and looking to grow to grow a brand or, or grow something on there get on tiktok early because that organic reach isn't going to be as good as it <laughs> as it is at the moment um so tiktok yeah facebook alistair hart um um but instagram is probably my my main platform i like to put out as much um content on there as possible um yeah twitter um same um and that's a body image uh, www.bodyimage.ie is a website for the gym um and if you if you actually go to my instagram on the link tree there you'll see everything that's connected to me anyway so i'll have everything linked below anyways in the show no worries thanks very much alistair this is an absolute pleasure thank you dave